Welcome back to our Thursday Night Live. My name is Peter from Mr. Money TV. Hey, Frankie here. Welcome back to our show. And we have a special guest with us tonight. That is Wei Ming, the founder hello, of Speed Hello, Home. hello. Hello, Thank you very much for coming to the show. My pleasure. Thanks for having me here. <laughs> tonight, it's going to be about how to build a business from zero to 80 million. For those who are wondering why 80 million, right? Because this man here, Allah, in the span of seven years. Seven years, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. Tenfold his company. Oh my god. Oh goodness. my god. Yeah. And currently Speed Home is valued at 80 million ringgit. So I bet you guys want to hear his story. For those of you who are aspiring entrepreneurs or those of you who are just thinking about starting your own business, or maybe you are wondering like how can you build your boss's business to 80 million one day? <laughs> yeah, either way, you're going to learn something tonight. Or maybe you're seeking for employment, right? Yeah, whatever it is, we hope you're going to enjoy tonight's show. So let us begin by having Wei Ming to introduce himself very quickly. So Wei Ming, uh, I've, I, I bet some of the people here have already seen your face on billboards, right? With the Speed Home billboard, the yellow one. Yeah, for those who are wondering why he looks familiar, probably because when you pass by uh, LDP for a pretty long time, you actually see his face there. Now, if you actually had that before, you know, you see his face, well, please leave a comment there uh, and say yes, you know, so we know that. Yeah, so at least he also he knows the ROI. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I will okay. be able to justify to my finance. Yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, Wei Ming, what about you start by telling us uh, about yourself? Uh, what were you doing before Speed Home? Sure. Uh, I, I'm, you know, right now Speed Home is my full-time business, right? But how did I, I know this is my fourth business. And uh, how did I get into entrepreneurship? Actually, it was accidental. Oh, it okay. Was 17. Accidental? At 17. What, at 17? I, I got here before people <laughs> accidentally pick up a coin or money. Uh, I never hear people accidentally build a business for themselves. Yeah. Why don't you tell us the story? <laughs> yeah, it's accidental because, you know, uh, back in 1998, internet was very new. new. Hmm. And we were, you know, 17 years old, online, chit chat on what we call IRC back then. Mm. Mm. So we want to buy bots la, and, you know, do a lot of, uh, uh, we have, you know, in old days, la, you know, we take over channels and whatever hell. La. But back then, there wasn't any service in Malaysia. Okay. So we just do it for ourselves. We bought some servers and autos and built something. But we turned out that, hey, a lot of people also ask, hey, where do you get it? Then we say, might as well we sell it all. Mm. So that was how accidental uh, as a hobby. Then we said, let's do it for ourselves. Then people also come up, come over and ask. That's how I started the entrepreneurship journey. Right. And and that time you were just 17 years old, right? Yeah. yeah. And I, I recall when we were 17, what were we doing? <laughs> no, the motivation was the same. The motivation was Kao Loi. Yeah. But he turned Kao Loi into a business. <laughs> yes. Oh, so we did the same thing. We, no, were, right, we did the same thing, but the outcome is different. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay. <laughs> so I want to ask, right? At, at the age of 17, when you, when you started building it and then it became a business, what did your parents say? Did your parents say like, hey, you, Atai, you know, you should be studying, not doing business. Was there any resistance? I think that's why my, you know, uh, people say, hey, you, you're very bota. 
<laughs> you know, from 17 years old, uh, because uh, back then our business allowed so uh, drive from overseas because we couldn't sell locally. Mm. Right. Because people look at you, hey, 17. Uh, back then, you know, 1999, 17 years old doing business is like, who are you, right? Okay, you know? So we sell a lot overseas. Right, right. And, and so did, did the people who bought from you in overseas knew that you were like 17 years old? Or no, they didn't know. I mean, it's all email, right? I mm. don't even have to meet them. Wow. Uh, you know, when I try to sell locally, I fax uh, or, you know, fax my services to... Fax your services? Ah, fax my, my God. No, I think, no, I think, you I think a lot of people are, don't know what fax is, yeah, right? So the yeah. people who are listening to this uh, probably don't know what's IRC. Uh, they didn't know the dial-up internet age. Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> Faxing? Yes. What's fax, huh? <laughs> Yeah, but by then you were already doing business. Yeah, right. And how how did the first business venture uh, uh, ended? Because subsequently you built a few more, right? So do you sold the business in the end or what? Yeah, so I I sold it to my partner. Mm -hmm. I sold it to my, my partner. Then I left to UK to pursue my uh, degree. Oh. So I think uh, back then uh, when I started it, it was. Uh, with a few friends, you know, and why did I say accidental again? Huh? One of my partners passed away in a car accident. Oh, oh that's, that's sad. Sorry about that. Yeah. yeah. So then um, I somehow inherited the business because I nobody see. wanted the business. So it was I a group see. of friends that started, but I was 17 years old. I couldn't become a director or shareholder, right? So even though I'm a part of it, but I wasn't a boss, then my partner passed away then um, I accidentally inherited it right I see I see but but you guys were the earlier group who started that thing yes and running it together yes. but he was the director and after he passed away and passed it to you yeah so when you went to UK and study you actually sold off your business right yeah so compared to many of us who actually went in as a uni student we were like dirt poor zero dollars in our bank account you actually went with a bunch of cash <laughs> so <laughs> So that now then <laughs> so you went in the university as a rich man, right? Yeah. Did you did you uh like baller in university? Uh? Well, I mean, if people, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, people who actually earn money themselves, they know how hard it is to earn. Actually, tend not to spend. Right. Mm. Yeah, nah, if if people partying, going like personal to, finance, watch more Mr. Money yeah. TV videos. <laughs> so I want to say, you know, people who, you know, if you can get a lot of money, easy money, you will spend your money to, you know, color at US, then in Australia, you know, and buy a big yacht, yeah. splashing champagne. Right, right. Uh, so you didn't do any of that. So I didn't do any of since, that. Since you made your first money at 17, now the, I know this question is unplanned. Yeah, but I was just wondering, you made your money at 17. So what, what do you do with that money at that age? I invested in second business. <laughs> you invested in second business? <laughs> You're like a textbook, textbook right thing to do, right? <laughs> so what was your second business? So the second business, when, when I sold out my first business, the second business, they're a part of uh, a portion of customer that my partner says is too expensive to afford. So he said, I give it to you. I don't want it. So I used this uh, customer group to build my second business where we started to do email business. 
Uh, so back then there wasn't MailChimp and all those uh, how people send emails. So everything is about servers and you have to install software. So I built that service. So I invested some money, get someone to write some software for me and started doing it. So at one point I was one of the largest uh, email provider in the world. Oh, wow. wow. That yeah. we didn't know. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So you were studying, but at the same time you were running a business. Yeah. Why, why were you still studying? <laughs> Good question, right? And, and how was it like actually handling between business and studies? And, you were hand, and, and as you said, it was one of the largest uh, email providers in the world. So I, I guess what you're doing is somewhat like CRM, kind of like MailChimp kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. And it must be very busy. How do you juggle between studies? Do you actually graduate? Uh? <laughs> I, I, so this is if for, for, for whoever that's studying right now. Don't follow me. I'm really bad at studying. I just hope for pass. <laughs> now, but why did I go to study? I think my dad said something very true. I didn't just pass, like, I got honors, like, right? But my, my dad said, and I, uh, when I chose to study, I wanted to go to business. But my dad is a mechanical engineer. And mm -hmm. you know, for all Chinese, they want you to take over their business, right? Mm -hmm. So he said, you should go study mechanical engineer. I said, no, I don't want to take over your business. And you're saying, very logically, if you study business, you cannot be a mechanical engineer. But if you study mechanical engineering, you Joseph. still can be a businessman. Yeah. See, engineer is very good at mathematics. They calculated everything so good, yeah. so well. <laughs> so engineers are very good problem solvers. Exactly. Oh, jokes aside, like, just now that one was a joke uh, asking yeah. the graduated one. Mm. Yeah. Uh, sorry, ah. Uh. No, 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 no. <laughs> but mainly the thing is, uh, I, I think one thing that is definitely very good is the fact that in your university, if you have that opportunity to start your own business, I, I think it's actually a very good thing. Because sometimes I feel like university, that degree, right, getting an A or not doesn't determine your success in life. It is how you use that time, right? And during the time when you are in university, you actually learn to build your own business, build a network, you know, and 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 see a lot more things right and i think that is yeah something great you know mm. yeah. yeah i think uh uh to, you know something that we want to say is uh, i think the best time is university you get to see things you get to explore things you are more mature apart from just kaoloi you know i think um when i was in uk it was pretty good time i enjoyed my time there uh, so I think at that time I was uh, making quite a lot. Um, so I, I, I started to think, what should I do with all these things? But so when I came back, you know, my dad say, don't spend on anything, save it. Wow. Your dad is a very traditional dad, right? Saving, get good education, take a work, family business. And I did none of that, right? I didn't yeah. want to take over his business. <laughs> So, so when you came back, you had a bunch of money, right? Yeah. Uh, by that point, have you already sold your second business as well? Or you, uh, how do you exit your second business? I uh, actually, it became a sunset business. Mm. Um, so the business uh, was giving, uh, was giving me quite a lot. So I then I used it to start my third business. Right. And that time your second business was still running. You're still running. Okay. So you started out. Third business. Your yeah. father asked you to save it, but you decided to yeah. invest again. Yeah. Right? So I started my third business, ended up um, 
I spent about two to two point six million Ooh. into that business, and um, uh, fortunately, it got acquired. Um, you know, by a British company, um, and so th then I started Takong already. Right. Oh, okay. Before you go into Takong, ah, huh? mm. so your third business, what business was it? Well, we do something like what we call a content delivery network. Wow. Wow, that sounds very bombastic. But what exactly it is? Yeah. Uh, so, for example, YouTube, right? Mm. There are traffic from all over the world, world watching video. And if uh, how if every all traffic go back to a single point, mm -hmm. then you can see a lot of traffic jam, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why uh, the, a video can be stored in multiple different countries mm -hmm. as near as possible to the user. Ah. So we build the technology. Of course, YouTube is not our customer, but mm -hmm. we built something similar to that kind of technology. Right, right, right. And and end up we got acquired. Yes. So again, you exit with a bunch of money. Uh, you can say so. You can say so. Wow, you. So be, beside us is sitting a very rich man with, uh, <laughs> who's very very humble. Yeah. <laughs> you see the way he talked to us, you know, he's very humble because uh, we're all poor. Uh. <laughs> but he never looked down at us. He still comes to our show, right? <laughs> no, no, no. I think <laughs> I think it's, it's our pleasure to have you today. Our pleasure. <laughs> you all have a very good platform to teach people on personal finance, and I thought, you know, if I can, you all invited me. I'm so glad that i can share the experience ma because we all learn ma yeah. <laughs> and also we wanted our audience to actually learn about business for those who are wondering why we actually have a waiming tonight because i think the past few sessions we'll be talking about recession uh where malaysia is at economy and stuff and as you all know our channel actually talks about uh managing money investing and all but the truth is if if you got no money there's nothing to manage the the first thing about financial management is you need to be able to generate money Yep. Yeah. And the last week, we also talked before how to start the most likely and the, the easiest way to do it is start a, your own side hustle. That's right. Yeah. yeah. With it, your... it doesn't need to be like you straight away go out full-fledged, like straight away dump in a bunch of money and start business. You know, you can start it accidentally just like waving, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it's not a joke, but you know, turning a hobby into a business yep. and, and that's something they want to explore tonight as well, hmm. right? Yeah, so uh, we hope tonight for those of you watching will end up learning something and hopefully inspire you to actually make more money. And yeah, then your money can be put into better use, right? Now, going back to Wei Ming, right? Um, for yourself, by the time your company got acquired, so you had your first business, you sold it to your partner, okay? Achievement, right? Second business, you make good money and then it goes down, so you've tried like, and then a third one is got acquired. So literally, you got like try all ways of exiting a business. Yeah. yeah. And the last one was definitely like the most remarkable because for every entrepreneur or startups, getting a business acquired is 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 something that is very that you can be really proud about. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes I think that it's even more glamorous than or more proud than um, going IPO. Because IPO is you arrange and tell people buy, right? But getting it acquired is another professional saying that you've done such a good job instead of me building my own business, I'd rather buy you over. And, and that's like a really big proof of concept kind of thing, right? I mean, it goes beyond proving of concept, but mm. 
Yeah. So how how did you felt when your business got quiet? Actually, I didn't feel proud. Actually, I feel very set up. I feel hesitant in letting it go. It's like my baby, right? But of course, right now, if you ask me whether I'm proud, of course I'm proud lah. But at that moment, when people are starting to talk about it, you feel. I can imagine that it's like okay, today I sell it to you. What am I going to do tomorrow? Yeah. What am I going to do in five years down the road, right? Yeah. What if I cannot start a new business again? Exactly. <laughs> right. A yeah. lot of questions. Yeah. So I think uh, from them, they they want to keep keep me on to continue running the business. So they uh, employed me lah. Oh, so after you got quiet, you actually worked for them. Yeah. Right. And uh, what, how did you? So how do you came to the decision to actually say yes? I'm willing to let go of that business. I think sometimes when we think about the business, is that uh, at one point you think, are we able to bring it to the next level? And uh, because all my business have been doing, uh, going to selling to oversee, and uh, the business that acquired us, they have huge uh, customer base in uh, US and Europe. So I thought, you know. I think this baby has a much bigger chance of succeeding if it were going to them. So I think that was the main consideration, rather than any financial goals or gains or anything. It's really about how can we bring this to next level. So I think that's really what's driving right. the decision. Hey, can I can I ask in that disposal of business, right? Did you get all cash back or did you get a portion of that new company as well? Uh, I think a lot more is on the new company. We do get a, 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 a cash, okay. But a lot more is in that because that's where we foresee that they can bring the baby to the next level, right? Right. Mm. So a lot of it is more on the stock side. Mm. Right. It's a public listed company, I suppose. No, it's not a public okay. listed company. Yeah. So, so my question is actually, um, why why would you what why would you want to take some cash? if you know that that company is able to bring the company to the next level, mm. like, like, like you could have gotten back a bigger chunk of money if you just say, hey, I'm going to give it to you, but all I want is 100% share. Yeah, so, so, so sometimes you have to have a short-term view and a long-term view, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a cash uh, outlay right now that you can use it to splurge a little bit after you save for some time, you also want to reward yourself, you want to do that. But also know that you know your future. Even if it means that you could be million richer or ten million richer, but I want to enjoy now also, mm -hmm. right? Maybe that time one million, two million difference won't make a difference to me. Mm. But right now, if I have something to enjoy, it makes a lot of difference to me right yep. now. Mm. Yep. So that's the consideration. All right. Yeah. So now, now we've heard all your past three business, and mm. we know that Speed Home is your fourth business. Yeah. Right. Uh, can you share with us, how did you actually started Speed Home? Like, maybe first thing, what is Speed Home to even start with? Yeah, Speed Home is a platform to connect landlord and tenants online. Um, so we do everything online. We manage the whole thing end to end. Unlike other uh, common practice where you use property agent where everything is manual, and um, so we basically do it end to end. So one of the most important USP that we have is that tenant don't have to pay deposit to rent a house. So in Malaysia, it's traditionally you have to pay two plus one, right? Mm -hmm. So what we do is we break this whole traditional model to become zero deposit. 
So then uh, without the deposit, then a lot of owners or landlords will start asking, hey, then what am I protected of? That's where we securitize it with, or we sell insurance package to the landlords. So it's much better than a deposit. So that's how we protect both, create a win-win situation through our platform. So that's so, what we do. So uh, when, when you're saying the owners get protected, right? Yeah, and it's better than deposit. Can you tell us a little bit of the details? Like uh, how is an owner being protected? Because I think many people actually don't know. So mm -hmm. I, I know about it, but like, um, I, uh, especially owners, right? Some of them actually still don't know about yep. this thing. And they still think that, hey, that two months deposit is... Very important. Very important. Yeah. 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 So can you try with us, like what this, uh, what this insurance provides yeah, in, in, a, in a very brief manner. Yeah, so the insurance basically, first of all, we are talking about protecting your deposit that you have today, uh, uh, 2 plus 1 or 2, two plus 0 0.5. Hmm. So in the insurance, it has two months of rental loss. That means if the tenant runs away or bankrupt or couldn't afford to pay, left the house, insurance will pay you two months. That is equal to two months cash, mm. right, of your right. deposit. So then there's a depo uh, there's another one half a month of a security deposit. Uh, for us, we have uh, one thousand, and you can upgrade to three thousand. That means, at the minimum, if your rental is two thousand, insurance is going to cover utility bills up to one thousand. Mm. So in uh, dollar to dollar basis, is same. Same, correct. So what makes it additional is our accidental theft or damages to household content. That means your furniture up to 15,000. So this is where the bonus kicks in. 15,000. 15,000. Mm. So they break your TV, they stole your TV, you claim lah. Right, right. And like, I think furniture is one of the key because I myself having property and Frankie also having property, right? Mm. A lot wear and tear. Correct. correct. Yeah, I think kitchen cabinet. Kitchen cabinet is one. Every time tenant leave, you need to repair the <laughs> Correct. <laughs> TV, after three, four years or so, you will see some problems there as well. Mm. Correct. Yeah. And I think the cost usually comes in the furniture repair for us. Correct. Yeah, and, and actually, that's what got me really interested in uh, speed Re home. Oh, yeah, uh, speed, speed home, home to okay. actually uh, rent out my properties. Uh, that's the thing. Oh, by the way, this is not a paid ad. Uh, it's just <laughs> that for your two. No, but Speed Home is doing yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, in that context. So now, uh, going back to that, right? So, what gave you the idea to start Speed Home? Because when we look at the market, right, almost every single platform out there, we talk about iProperty, Property Guru, and everything else, uh, mm. it usually focuses on agent, right? Yeah, and you are the only one that actually, okay, me not the only one. Nah. Let's say Muda also has it, lah, but yeah. You know, like you're the only one that has this insurance idea and stuff. So how do you came up with all this idea? Because it's kind of like you plow a thin air and you get such idea, man. Huh? How, how did you came up with this? Yeah, so I think when we started, it was uh, more of solving my own problem. So remember just now when I say I started my own business, it was I wanted to do it for my own hobby, right? Mm. So similarly for me this time, it was uh, I just got my house in 2015. Mm. Uh, I want to lease out my house. And uh, there wasn't any platform that allowed me to list other than Muda. Uh, but there's no like, like a high property that is famous, you know, and for owners, right? So I think at that time, I still went with going with the system to say I want, I, I contacted 50 agents, uh, SMS, uh, that time no WhatsApp, right? So I SMS 50 agents, uh, 10 agents responded to me. 
okay, I'm open to look at your house. And only two came to take photos. So at that time, I was like, wow, if I contact 10, maybe one also don't reply me then, I'm already, right? So that's why I was thinking, actually, I myself as an owner, or at least most of the newbie owners, they are very conjunct about all these things. They don't know where to get help and all those things, right? So that's why I, at that time, I was like, is there anywhere that I can empower owners to do it themselves? Doesn't mean that they have to just use us. You can also uh, uh, find agent, but there's an avenue that you know you can put some effort to, to, to bear some fruits. So that's how uh, I start. I mean, in 2015, my wife, when I talk about it, just about having a platform for owners, we weren't thinking anything else about from that, right? So that's how we started. But you say, how do we get to zero deposit? So when we started, uh, a lot of people wrote into us and say, oh, this is fantastic. Awesome job. You're helping us. A tenant say, oh, we like to deal with owner direct, negotiate direct, blah, 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 blah. Then we started to get emails. Uh, this tenant want to rent. No, cannot afford to pay deposit now. He wants to installment. How, uh, what do you think? Should I accept the tenant or not? They were writing mm. in more like support. Right, right. Because it was just a platform to connect. We, mm. we weren't doing anything. We were just connecting. Mm. So then we just say, it hey, sounds risky. La. At that point, we think about that. La. We say, it sounds risky. So we just say, uh, it's your choice. As a platform <laughs> standard reply, say, it's your choice. Um, uh, but we are not liable for it. La. You know, we play very safe. Then tenants, other tenants start writing it. Eh, hey, saya nak sewa rumah tu, tapi tak cukup lah. Macam mana? So we started to hear more and more of all these things. Then we was like, sounds like a problem to solve, right? Mm -hmm. So sometimes, you know, if you see a, sometimes business opportunity is problems, like solving problems, right? Mm. So when we started the platform, we didn't know how to monetize one. So it was more like a freeware. Yeah, okay. like a hobby. La. But, like a you hobby. Know, but investment a lot also. Mm. But back then it's a lot, always about, oh, let's build got user, then you get valuation based on just pure user, nothing mm. about right. revenue mm. or anything right. like that, right? right. So you're ba building based on user base. Mm. So we were building just based on user base. Mm. Mm. Then that's where people, problems come in, people write in, then we say, hey, something to be done there. Yeah, so I think I think here's where it gets really interesting, right? For for many people, if let's say you look at Speed Home, maybe at the moment we start, we thought like, wow, they started with this idea that straight away is zero deposit, right? Like most people think of that. And how, oh, maybe you're smarter than anyone else. That's why you can think about that. But the truth is after hearing your story, it, it actually was, it was solving one problem after the other. Yep. Number one, it was just to connect users. And I guess to a certain extent, people will see it as like, I mean, Muda does that. They'll think about it that way. And then as further requests comes in, the way that you view these requests and think about problem solving, that's where you'll come up with it. Because to a certain extent, the very same thing, if it's given to someone else, I bet Muda also got all these requests. Hmm. Uh, right? I, I don't think it's very far. For sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but, but the difference is how you handle the question. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Probably they got the question and it went more like, you cheese in one. So then when this happened, uh, how did you first approach this problem? Yeah, because I understand currently right now, 
Allianz is providing you with this insurance. You guys have a co-product together in that sense. Yeah, but prior to that, how did you solve this problem? So when we started, um, we obviously we did approach people to um, help us with uh, insurance. Um, nobody wants to lion us lah. Mm. You know, first thing that asks, what's your volume? What's the risk profile? Blah 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 blah. How many users you have? Yeah, <laughs> and of course, when I say we have users, it's not like we have tons lah. You know, we are hundreds or thousands, but for insurance, mm. it's nothing. So, um, so we understood that if you want, were to take the route that if we don't do anything and we need the revenue, sometimes is being forced. What, what do you mean by being forced? Being forced is that if you don't do it, you have no other choice, right? You have to do it. Hmm. Maduro. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, there's no other choice for us, right? Because nobody wants to takan. We just say, because nobody wants to do it, let's forget about it. So mm. we just say, okay lah. Then we as, uh, back then we were called Speedrun. We as Speedrun as a company, we become the guarantor mm, for mm. the tenants. Right. Wow, right. that must require a lot of funding behind to support this guarantor thing, right? So we, we were, you know, that, that time was really tough uh, discussion with a lot of our owners, right? Mm. Who are you? Hello. How, what's your payout capital? Mm. What's your track record? So a, a lot of all these problems always come, right? So some would say, uh, this is not the right thing for me, but some would say, okay lah, I also want to help your new business. I like your entrepreneurism and all those things. So support you. Lah. So along the way, you will find a lot of people willingly to support all these new businesses. Right? Mm -hmm. um, so then we just started, right? Uh, so we didn't have a lot of money, but like I said, lah, we didn't have a lot of choice. Mm -hmm. Jump, no? you jump, I jump. No? <laughs> <laughs> so we jump. No? Jump first, see what happens ah, later. Ah. Ah. <laughs> Say sorry, I will ask for forgiveness later, right? right. Just go ahead. Lah. So the thing is this, right? Uh, we, we understand that when you start a business, very often you need to be extremely optimistic about your idea and have full confidence, right? Mm -hmm. And just as we know, every business when you start, chances are people say that it doesn't work and so on. I, I bet you have a lot of fair share of that over the years, right? Uh, but how do you distinguish between a really bad idea that wouldn't work versus something that you know it will work but you just need to be very much more optimistic and push through it. How, how do you actually draw that line that this is a crazy idea, delusional versus something that will work, but you just need to be more optimistic? So a bad idea is a bad idea. I mean, if you think a bad idea is a good idea, then it's a... No, but the problem is a lot of people don't know that they are, they are having a bad idea. They think the idea is good. Right. So how do you distinguish between a bad idea and something that you think it will work? So first of all, I say something that you will work. Lah, yeah. uh. Uh, so first of all, uh, we have to look at what's happening in the macro market. What's the trend, what's happening? And some industry are more advanced than certain other uh, industries. So for example, property is always in terms of uh, trendiness is considered very old school one, mm. right? If you talk about uh, consumer uh, goods purchasing. You go to Shopee already. 
Mm. Where got people buy shop uh, property on Shopee one. Mm. So you can see there's a trend uh, differences, right? So when you see certain things are moving on on consumer market, you know that it will someday be adopted into property as well. It's just a matter of when. So sometimes, um, like my third business, CDN, I'm a little uh, content delivery network that I sold. I was a little bit ahead of the time mm. when people need this. So, um, of course, uh, giving a, 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 another more well-funded business would have a greater chance of succeeding. So coming back here, uh, it's also whether you're well-timed to uh, ride the wave. Lah. Right. 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 So I think, uh, you know, in hindsight, COVID also helped a lot by accidentally, you know, nobody expected. But so that's uh, from a trend point of view, you see whether it, whether this trend would help, right? You talk about people start to be more IT savvy. People start to be, if you look at Airbnb, people already starting to rent their house themselves already mm, without mm, property that's agent. That's right. That's right. So you take some validation around uh, adjacent, similar businesses. Yes, similar businesses. Not necessarily have to be that because if it's done that, then it's already someone have done that, right? So I think that is uh, uh, something that you think is workable, but it's more futuristic. Uh, when do we say it's a bad business? A bad business um, is that you're trying to copy of a uh, red ocean where so many competition and why you? And the moment you cannot answer why you, then you, you have, tend to fail. Yeah, you tend to fail. Right? That's yeah. right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think it's very true as well. Like when we started with some money TV it was uh, pretty much a similar question that we actually actually asked right at the point is that <clears throat> there are a lot of people looking for financial advice. That's something I noticed. Uh, and that moment there were a lot more like classes, webinars and mm. so on, talking about personal finance, investing. Uh, and then there's another group which is actually financial planners or either insurance agents or investment advisors and stuff like that. So. And when I look at overseas, I saw that there are people who are like Dave Ramsey, they are like Graham Stephan, all this, uh, who talks about finance at a very, uh, either for free or either with affordable uh, kind of education format. I thought to myself, like, Malaysia Tara then, the point, maybe, maybe you can try. Like a lot of people say, Malaysia one, we are Asian. A lot of people say, we are Asian one. I think to myself, no, uh, you see people say you won't rent out your house. Also, Airbnb, you let strangers say, Uber, will you ever let someone ride your car, right? Yeah, yeah only right. Angmo will, uh, we say that and also my So I thought about it like, maybe you can. So just go ahead, uh, start and see where it goes. Uh, and along the way, it became uh, where we are today, right? Yeah, yeah very so, impressive what you have all done so uh, far. You're more impressive. Yeah, we're more <laughs> impressive with what you have done. No, <laughs> Chinese is Wu Going back to, to, um, to yourself, right? We won't stay long in this part. Now, I think the main question here, for many people, <coughs> when we talk about starting a business, we know many people here can probably start a business side hustle, but uh, some people also think about, my side hustle also needs some funding, but I need money. So the big question is this, if I want to start a business, where do I find money? How do I find money? Right, and and that's something that I think uh, you're one of the best person to answer that because um, going back to speed home currently, how much have you raised? Uh, close to fifteen million ringgit. 
15 million ringgit. Yeah. I've never seen that number before. <laughs> no. <clears throat> so you've raised about 15 million ringgit and currently Speed Home's valuation is at... Uh, 80, 80 million. 80. If we talk about your whole entrepreneurial journey, I think you've raised even more than that, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So do, do you know collectively how much have you raised, uh, actually? Well, actually, actually, if, you know, funding, um, well, collectively, I have raised not a lot apart from Speed Home, right? Before that, why? Because the market wasn't there. Right. Mm. And I guess an, another thing is that it was profitable from... Yeah, right? back then when we yeah. do business, it's all about profit, self-sustain. You mm. have to build a very yeah. sustainable business. Yeah. So the third business was actually funded my, by my second business. See? Mm. Yeah. Right. So now going to that then. Mm. So before we talk about how to raise, right? The question is, should you raise and when to raise? Mm. I think that's a very good question. And um, uh, whether you should raise money, it depends. Any business can raise money. But who do you raise from is the important thing. And what's the appetite? Um, funding can be in the form of your so a personal saving mm. can be your friends and family, your farmer, your father, mother to give you a seed money to start. But more importantly today, I don't think you started a YouTube channel with a lot of funding. In fact, it's just spending your time. Yeah, yeah. Right? So I think first of all, I don't want everyone to think that funding is the prerequisite for you to start a business. It's you who wants to start the business. Funding will come because you started a business. Mm. Nobody will fund you Correct. if you don't have a business. Correct. That's right. That's right. Right? Yeah. So first of all, you need to start a business. Then funding will come to you when you have a... Proof of concept. Proof of concept and Correct. people like the business. So I don't want people to think that I need to have funding, then Baru, I can start a business. Mm. That funding can come from your parents, from your friends and family who trust you or your own personal savings. That is the initial funding that you have to look for. So in, 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 in tech business, we always have this book called The Lean Startup, right? Uh, if I want to start, if I'm passionate about cooking, must I start at a restaurant or cafe? Investment, why not I just start a Facebook page and start selling my ready-to-eat meal on Facebook as a start? You don't have need any money to start. But if you start to have a business, then people will give you funding. Mm. So I think that's what I, at least, you know, I want to uh, share with everyone out there. If you're looking to uh, start your own business, don't have the mental block that funding needs to come. You have to start the business first. So then we talk about the type of investors, mm. right? Um, there are, so when you get traction already, there are two types of uh, 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 maybe you want to explain what's traction first. Uh, some of them may not know what's traction. Uh, so once you have the initial customer base where you think your business is okay already. Now, okay can be very subjective to different people. Uh, um, but the most important thing, uh, government have government grants for micro SME, right? You can get loans from there. Mm. It's funding also. So it depends on the size you're doing. Like if you're doing 10,000 a month, then you're maybe micro SME. But if you're 50000 a month, then you can talk to business loan. Then when we talk about tech, the highly glorified sector where you get uh, tons of funding coming in, 
uh, first of all, not all business, you will say, hey, I run a F&B business. Can I go to VC? VC won't invest. Because uh, when we say VC means venture capital, we have to understand VC's business model is invest in 10 companies, for example, out of 10 companies, they expect seven to fail, mm. seven to be gone, mm. two to be neither here nor there. They need one that is what we call unicorn, $1 billion US in valuation. That 1 billion will pay for the whole funds. So then you ask why VC don't I invest in you? Because first of all, when they invest in you, they want to see if you have potential to be a unicorn or not. If your business have no way to get to a billion business, billion dollar business, VC won't look at you. Mm. So, so therefore, scalability is a very important factor yes. to consider. Yes. Mm. So, but there's another platform that we can consider, you know, uh, ECF, equity crowdfunding, mm. right? Uh, you can go to pitch in or my starter or this uh, pitch in uh, equity crowdfunding where people are crowdfunding to buy your business. It's like a mini IPO. Hmm. Uh, these investors are maybe they're happy with 8% return a year or 10% or you should be higher than public listed company. La, so maybe 15% a year. They are happy with that. Right. So there are different channels for different type of businesses. Right. So the one thing is that you need to consider uh, the kind of business that you're in. Yep. Then you match the kind of business with the right investors. Yes. Right? That is one of the very important things. And when you talk about raising fund, uh, I guess one thing even for us up to date, we have not raised fund. I mean, I mean personally, I also had that myth. When I first started the business, I actually just started, right? Uh, but at one point I was like always thinking, like, I want to raise, I want to raise, I want to raise. And um, I think after about a year, I, I gave up raising, yeah? And by the time I focused back, I focused a lot on the business and the business started becoming more and more profitable. I'm not so interested in raising. <laughs> so it, it became a like, uh, yeah. <laughs> like, so do I raise? Do I not raise? I raise, but if I take the money for what? You know, there's, there's a question, right? So the truth is, uh, I think timing to raise is a whole topic on itself, right? Yeah. Because there's too many things that's involved there. Probably you can get you back for another day to actually talk about that. Well, if, right? if, if you all would like me to come back, sure, definitely. Let we me know can, we can, plan, we yeah. can plan for another day. Let's put up yeah. a poll, right? Uh, if you are enjoying this uh, podcast so far, I mean, uh, this live so far, because we understand that usually we always talk about business, uh, we always talk about Progress. investment. Yeah. yeah. So today, uh, half the audience is here. Usually we have 130 over people watching live. Uh, but I think tonight mainly because the topic is a little bit different from usual. But if you think that this is something that's great, you know, please, <coughs> please don't, uh, please don't hesitate to write down there the comments so that we know that this is something that's great for you, and we will actually produce more content regarding entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. So put up a poll and do answer it. Now, <coughs> moving on to the next part, let's talk about raising fund. The first time when you raise fund. Was it scary? Very. Uh, I, the first time I raised fund was not Speed Home. The first time I raised fund was on my first business, where I was trying to raise for my third business. <laughs> yeah. Okay. At that time, okay. I already have this idea to do that business already. Right. So I made a deal with my dad. I said, look, if I don't get funding for it, I'll go to UK to study. 
Mm. Uh, if I get it, don't pester me to study. <laughs> we we know we know the result already because he <laughs> went to the UK. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, so I think that time I was like 21, 22. Right? So when we back then in Malaysia, the only VC in town is called Mathcat. Mm. Ooh. And it was tough. You know, people look at you, hey, 22, not like now, like now, like 22 is like uh, the young kid are uh, going to VC and pitch and all those are quite common. But back then it's like 40, 50 years old walking into MathCap to fundraise, mm. right? Mm. So they were looking at me, what's your executional skill? La? What business do you have? La? What experience do you have? La? Well, ask me, you know, I was very terrified. All the questions that they asked, it was like, this one we don't think it will work because A, B, C, D, E, F, G. So I asked, does it mean that if I solve A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you will invest in me? Tak lagi. Right? So I think that the, it was very scary, uh, but it was very eye-opening to see what type of question that they asked, right? So, um, but obviously, you know the result that I didn't raise the money, so I went to UK, lo. Right, right. But I think the the I think being young has an opportunity for you to act stupid. Also, uh, people also won't be so harsh on you. Mm. They will actually encourage you, mm. right? But because you're not there yet, so they would you know they, they won't be harsh to you like. So I think everyone should take opportunity of uh, learning like. Mm. Right. So we can see that your first raising exercise was a failure, so to speak, right? <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah, yes. But it's not really a failure because it, it builds you on for further later, mm. right? Like right now, I think asking you to pitch, it's going to be a kacang putih, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> As you prepare pitch right now, it's like kacang putih lah, I know what people want already. Still learning a lot <laughs> because every stage, huh? so, so, so since we are talking about funding, every stage, Different investors look at different things already. So what works for my stage right now won't work for the next stage. Mm. Mm. Uh, so it's also a learning for us. Right, right, right. Yeah. So the thing is that for those of you who actually shared your ideas with your friends before and then you ask your friend, say, hey, would you think that this is a good business? Would you want to invest, pull some money together? And your friends say no. Or your parents say no. Or whoever they meet say no. It's okay. Because even him today who has raised... About 15 million ringgit, you know, having a company with 80 million also started with no, right? Yeah. I, think, I think the truth is that if you want to be an entrepreneur, learning to accept rejection and move on is a very important quality, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. We have, we have, we have, we have gotten so many rejections before even today, right? So, yeah, that's definitely a learning curve. We're asking for a sponsor, so people don't <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to get sponsor for some stuff here, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <clears throat> going back to to raising fun, right? So uh, there are some questions from the audience as well, which we will be answering in a short while, right? Mm. Uh, we'll spend another about like ten minutes to wrap up the session, and then we are going to go into Q and A. All right? Okay. Yeah. Now, firstly, if we talk about Assuming now we are at the right stage of raising fund, what are some tips that you will give to people who are like maybe at our level, right? Who are thinking about raising. Uh, I mean, we are not yet thinking about raising, but like assuming if you want to raise, uh, what will be some tips that you will give us? 
So when you want to do fundraising, first of all, you need to know why you want to fundraise. Um, after you know why you want to fundraise, then the first thing is that after you have to fundraise, how, what are you going to use it for, right? Because investor would want to find out why do you need the money? So typically they will say, how much do you need? So for us as a tech business where it's more about user acquisition, growth over everything, so of course we run out of funds at a certain point of time. So when we do our projection, we will give ourselves 18 to 24 months of projection of how much cash do we need to grow to the next level. But if you are supposed you are a more traditional business, right? Or you are a P&L business, profit and loss business. But right now you want to buy equipments and all those things so that you can enlarge your business where you would be able to project, oh, I buy these things, these things for the purpose of this and I'll grow my business to that. The investor would, you are not projecting based on how much cash you need to burn in a way to sustain a business, but you're thinking how to expand my business and continue to earn money, right? Mm -hmm. So I think from that point of view, it's more about the type of business that you're in. So for us, it's about how long can we survive with this amount of cash to get to the next level. But for like, if I'm doing a noodle house, mm -hmm. I need to rent another shop lot. I need to renovate and all those, these are the costs, right? So you are basically based on that renovation cost to do that. Then you're operating, uh, when you start operating, then you will be able to pay back the investors and all that, so and so forth. So I think how much is really depend on the purpose of the funding and one, how much do you need and why do you need it for and for the investors to, to see whether it's the right risk appetite for them or not. Mm. Mm. Right. So I think definitely at the end of the day, when we talk about raising funds, at the end of the day, you need to know your business at your fingertips. Mm. Why do you need the money? Where, what kind of results are you going to get with that money? I think like, like we always talk, right? Even if you give me that money now, my question is how to use it. <laughs> Correct. Stress. <laughs> <laughs> I'm more stressed. <laughs> Wait, yeah. MD, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's that's why it's very important we, you know, don't funding it sounds all glamorous or whatever, whatnot, but actually you need to know why you want it. If not, you will be stressful because people are expecting more than FD putting money into your company, right? Mm. You need to deliver results. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. So uh Frankie also had a question just now that you raised earlier. Yeah. Mm. You wanna ask that? Yeah. So how how do you identify the right investor to your company? Okay, so just now we have talked about what kind of company we run, right? Mm. Then you look for the type of the risk appetite of uh, investors. Mm. So then there are investors that are very busybody mm. and like to jump tangan here and there, uh, or they are sleeping partners, or they are more strategic. Mm. So first of all, you need to know what type of customer, uh, what type of, of investors. investor that you need. Do you need mentorship and all those or strategic? Then after that, if you know which type of investor that you want, then you look for the type of investor that is playing in this field. Mm. Cash is everywhere, but the one that you feel comfortable with is just a few. Mm. Not just you feel comfortable with, but they also have to be comfortable that with you as well. feeling has to be yeah. mutual. That's right. It's like dating. a marriage, it's yes. like a marriage, right? Yes, mm. it's dating and marriage, mm. you know? 
Yeah, it's like looking for wife there. Yeah. 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 Sleeping really? sleeping beside, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not 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 to mention sometimes you will end up pitching to somebody who actually just want to copy your idea, get oh, some yeah. inspiration, oh, and then start their own business. Yeah. Yeah. That one yes, is yes. the most yes. Yes. most yeah. There, there are there are a lot of investors um, that thinks very highly of themselves. Um, they think you're nothing. Mm. Mm. Yep. They say when I invest in you, I want to take your whole company mm. because I'm the king. Mm. I can make your company A B C D E F G. Without me, you cannot do any shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is um, more old school thinking. Uh, in the past, I think back then when I was doing uh, when I was twenty two years old, I think that was the norm. Mm. But right now, I think things have changed a lot. So if there are still people like this, and there are still people like this, be careful. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think I think even for us, right? When we when I first started, I recall uh, going to a lot of events, you know, uh, startup events and stuff like that. So I was telling people about my idea. I was saying that hey, you know, uh, in my own pitch at the time it was that there's no there's no financial literacy platform in Malaysia that that does what we do, and you know, uh, I'll save my pitch. But basically, the point is that I pitched my idea. And I recall uh, pitching to many different people informally, like elevator pitch, and many of them felt that it was uh, not their cup of tea. They gave me a lot of ideas saying, oh, no, this wouldn't work. They asked a lot of questions and so on. And it came to the point that I was like, nah, I, I don't waste time pitching anymore. I'm just going to focus to prove my concept. And uh, But I think along the way, as I proved my concept, then investors became the ones who start coming over to talk to us and uh, definitely also along the way when we 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 meet more people in the journey and then people started referring people and then i think coming today then only i realized that oh there are actually certain investors that i think are very good that i don't mind them investing in my business one day when i'm ready right and and then we try to keep those relationships warm right and yeah but i think sometimes it's kind of like it's like like we say, look for a wife, right? You, you just don't know how you end up meeting mm. that person, right? Mm. You're just gonna keep going on, right? Correct, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah. So that's the thing, lah. Yeah. I think when you say, you know, that's why just now we mentioned, right? You start the business, funding will come look for you when you have some kind of results. Mm. So I think it's a testament that you know, don't always hope that magical things would happen. Nah. We have. To work for it for magical things to happen so i think you are on a very very i think uh, everyone can learn that spirit from you oh i oh. think you you said that i shy <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow more motivated to work already <laughs> <laughs> but, but but i guess generally the the idea that the idea is uh yeah lah, i i think sometimes don't think too much about where to find funds, but just dig your head down and then just do what you need to do on a daily basis. Put out the results and um, prove prove that concept to people, and people will just come to you, right? Eventually, yep, exactly. I mean, it's not say like people come and like, hey, can I invest your business? I like back you at that. Like, no lah, you also have to put in that. But I guess at the end of the day, it's, it's the point is that as an entrepreneur, you need be you need to be always ready. You need to be always ready and in that that you no know, i'm willing to go all out for a business kind of thing right yep. and uh yeah you are definitely a seafood in this area for super long already four businesses yeah i mean 
Yeah, you have already gone through a lot. Dale. Yeah. They did it? <laughs> <laughs> did, is it because of stress? Uh, I think 99% is caused by that. <laughs> oh dear. 1% is called by Jean. Right, uh, right. But I have to say, like, I have to say, you look good. Oi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I, I, I tried shaving my head bald. Man, it was ugly, man. My, my head is not round. Ah. I have an egg-shaped head. Right, so right, right. It, it looked like ugly, man. Like, I think Dwayne so Johnson like, also I... have an egg-shaped head. What? Also looks good. No, mine, mine was ugly. <laughs> I, I saw it before. I actually, before it was ugly, it was just ugly. No, it was good. You know, it's like, like crispy, eh? Yeah. Uh-huh. Although it looked damn good. I think, like, I think no hair better than got hair. <laughs> but anyway, uh, going, going to this, I think we have uh, come to the end of the show. Uh-huh. Yeah, before we go into a Q&A. Uh, any more questions you want to ask uh, other than those questions we prepared earlier? Uh... No, actually, uh, if, 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 if there's any questions at all, I think we will just leave it to the next session so that everyone can, can uh, have a fresh mind and then come back and listen to you one more time. Oh, yep, yep. Yeah. yeah. So, but before I go, would I come back again? I mean, am I invited? Definitely. Sure, anytime. Uh-huh. So, uh, for anytime. those of you who want, uh, want to have another business session, you know, uh, please put, a, put your votes down there. Yep. Yeah, and then so that we can, uh, yeah, no, right? What do you guys think? All right, and lastly, before we go, anything that you want to share with the people? For entrepreneurship? Yep. Mm. I think sometimes uh, for, uh, based on uh, what I've gone through, uh, my little experience is that there will be a lot of people to tell you that do not go into entre- uh, business. It's very risky. But actually, if anyone who have done business and they have done it fairly okay, they will know actually business is not risky at all. In fact, you have so much control of your life. The only thing is that the educational system that around the world is training you to study hard and go out and work hard. But, you know, like finance, uh, uh, personal finance, nobody knew. Mm. But if you learn it, you master it, you can do it well. Similarly to entrepreneurship, it's the same thing because you never learned, you didn't know how to do it, but it's a skill that can be learned. It's not always people say you're born to be natural leader or born to be entrepreneur. There's no such thing. It's all learned. I mean, my first, first time of business, I've gone through so many things and then I learned from the mistake and you know, then and then. I suppose if if you're not a risk-taking person and uh, you don't have an entrepreneurship kind of uh, behavior, but you know that you are you can become a very good wingman to the entrepreneur, that mm. will also become a very successful journey, a successful mm. career path Ooh, yeah. to help that yeah. entrepreneur to grow. Mm. So you will benefit as well as an investor, so to say. Yep. Yeah. So so yeah, it's it's correct. Uh, I mean, in uh, in tech business, there are a lot of what we call sweat equity. Mm. You don't contribute money, but you contribute, contribute your time. time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 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 So then you also can be, you know, as much as you are not the key person running the business, but you are contributing in a way that you're specialized in. Right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the, well, I mean, over the years, there are a lot of people who actually, I think there are more people who got rich because they were the core team member of an early venture who are willing to take that risk to follow a vision not than people who actually were founders and got very rich. 
Yeah, because most founder either do <laughs> either they die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then on the other hand, the other fellow is like, yeah, and 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 very often when you are the early team of a venture, you become highly sought after also in other new ventures. Like yeah, exactly. That, yeah, in fact, the founders are not as sought after. It is the mm. early team members that were more sought after. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, that's why one thing that we keep telling our audience is this: whether or not are you thinking about starting a business, it's very important that you understand entrepreneurship. Yeah. Because whether are you going to be an entrepreneur or not. If you want to be rich, you need to understand entrepreneurship because that's the only way that you can bring value to your boss. Only then people will give you a higher salary. Well, if you cannot contribute to my business, what's the point of me giving you such a high salary? <laughs> yeah, even within our company here, we make sure that everything that they do, they know exactly how it ties to profit. Mm, yep. We yeah. push them for progress so that we can up their uh, salary yeah. as well. Mm. We tell them mm. upfront, if you remain doing this kind of job, it doesn't, doesn't tie to my profit. This is your level, yep. but you need to move up. And, mm. and that's something that uh, is very important, I think, for everyone out there who are watching this. So we have come to the end of this. Uh, let's go into a time of Q&A. Yeah? Sure. So I think there are quite a lot of questions that uh, people are <laughs> trying to get answered. Okay. Yeah. All right. So the first question here. Any tips on how to get your business acquired? Why? <laughs> Two <laughs> uh, more advertisement. <laughs> Maybe you can can, can put, put sponsors. Yeah, I want to sell. <laughs> <laughs> I think getting acquired is it's uh, like business, lah. You know, uh, funding comes to you when you have a business. Uh, ultimately, if you want to be acquired, you need to have something that is valuable to someone else. Mm. that they need then only can acquire but you cannot build a, we shouldn't build a business in the mindset of we want to be acquired I think it's a very wrong way of thinking mm. yeah yeah, mm. yeah. Right. I think any one thing that, that a lot of people say when you start this is that don't don't start with a plan to I mean you should have a plan to exit but that's more of a presentation to VC to show them how they get the rewards but you don't start with a plan of ending yeah <laughs> Like, yeah. my goal is to start this business so by five years later I have three million dollars to exit that doesn't yeah I think that one is a very draining process because you're always your your mind is actually thinking how do I get out of this business when you have just started mm. <laughs> every day when you grind through the and obviously entrepreneurship you'll go through a lot of uh, potholes right and difficulties and every day if you're it will be so tough for you to think how do i get past today because all i'm thinking is to get out of this business yeah true so i think another thing also makes you very inflexible because mm. you you don't end up looking at the problem that you're trying to solve exactly yeah you end up just thinking about valuation yeah, yeah. so i think it's uh yeah well but, but i think there are some superstar founder who after a while that becomes their life goal and uh, but provided you're a superstar first, uh, they mm. already prove themselves, then yep. yeah, la, then whatever yep. they say, even if it's not a good idea, so <laughs> uh, yeah. I think yeah. there are there are two types of uh so let me add on there are two types of uh, uh in tech business, there are two types of business, la, you know. One is they are purely flipping. Mm. They mm. build a business to flip. Yep. One is I truly want to build business. 
Mm. Uh, so yeah. two different motivation. Uh. It's a business owner that behaves like VC. Uh, I'm just building, building, and ho- uh, that one is really I want to sell it to someone else. Yeah, mm. yeah. Uh, we we work boss just build another new thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, we work founder. Yeah, we work. Yeah, yeah. So that flow. Uh. Flow. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I was looking at the model. I was like, huh? You're still putting money for that? <laughs> to each of his own, right? Uh, the speed home cover commercial properties. Oh, no. But right now, we are only doing residential. Mm-hmm. Okay. No question, but don't forget to hydrate yourself. Okay, I don't know where that come up from, but yeah. <laughs> Drink more water. Hydrate myself. Drink more water. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> mm, I think this is a very, very interesting question. Do you make yourself obsolete as a boss or do you still to go to work in the company day to day? Ah, since the fact that you've already raised so much already, uh, your company in a way to a certain extent is considered quite stable, mm-hmm. right? Um, do you still go back office? Like, what are your thoughts on this? Should you like at the moment your company does better already then you just like make yourself obsolete by going less, less hands on or should you still go to work on day to day basis and be hands on in the business? That is a tough question, right? And I'm trying to find a diplomatic way. <laughs> <laughs> Any speed home staff watching? <laughs> Probably all 58 of them. <laughs> my boss, my boss. Yeah, I think, I think um, it depends on the company size. Uh, where if I'm a headcount of 20 people, where I myself as a boss or the CEO, when I do something together, I think it will have some material effect in terms of productivity, in the terms of work. Um, but when you go to 80 to 100 people, you go into work, it's like 1% of the entire productivity of the business, mm. right? So where we say is that as an entrepreneur, at the beginning, you need to be super hands-on because you don't want to spend so much. So you want to do as much as possible. But the moment you have 50, 60 people, majority of your work should be done above your shoulder. Mm. That means your brain, Mm. not using anything under your neck, Mm. right? Because this is where you help to strategize, to think and all those. So while I may not be working or as a support or whatnot, like I used to when I started, that's why I read people, hey, I don't have uh, money to pay deposit. What should I do? I was the support, right? So right now I don't do support at all. But I actually, if you message us on my our Facebook, I'm actually the one replying mm. because I want to see what people are asking, what people are complaining. Mm. At least I'm still, I, I know on what's the ground. on the ground, right? So while I may not be involved day to day but a lot of my work is thinking about how to get the company to the next level so if the definition of work is to sit in the office then no but if the definition of work is about the value you create for the businesses then yes Hmm. yeah i think recently we were also having this conversation so 
I, I think at every stage of your business as a founder or as an owner of business, your role keeps changing. Uh, so I was uh, just telling CK the other day, I, I kind of miss those days when we first started. You know, it was like, wow, oh, we slept in the office. We, you know, every day we were just there. And then CK said this one thing that, that, that I thought was more accurately put. He said, things, the, we, I, I don't really miss those days because I think we have evolved to be different thing today and the role that we should play is different. Mm. But I think what we should miss is that that um to want to keep creating something that, that is great for the company. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was very accurately put. Right. Yeah, actually, she, CK should do some quotes for the show. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, he very good. Huh? I think yeah. he should. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But he always likes to sit behind. In our pitch deck, there, uh, there are a lot of quotes. All those, all those quotes come from CK. Oh, uh, the key inspiration yeah. guy. Uh. <laughs> You read the course also, oh, you feel motivated. You want to read next page. Yeah. Oh, um. CK, very good one. Uh, anything also, he can give you a good quote. Mm. Uh, you want Thailand quote? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, so, I, I think the, the answer is that you don't become obsolete by role change, right? So, uh, someone is asking, will the funds be taxed? Hmm? Uh, when you raise funds, no. do you get taxed? The answer is no. No. Uh, yeah, you don't get tax for funding. Yeah. Oh, when you sell the company, then yes. Uh. You only get tax Wait, on profit. Capital, no, uh, capital, capital also no, no capital tax gain. Malaysia. Yeah. yeah, so we don't get capital gain tax. Yeah. It's only your business profit tax, yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. So how do you navigate in the times of the beginning? In the, How do you navigate the hard times in the beginning of a business when you have to pay overhead and fix costs such as employee salary and the insurance and more costs. I guess basically his point is that before you can make a profit, you have such a heavy overhead. How do you actually manage these kind of hard times? Yeah, so when we started, we actually uh, licensed our platform to an uh, Australian company. Uh, so we sort of licensed it to, um, you know, uh, as a business, you're just trying to figure out how to survive. Lah. Mm in whatever ways that you can think of. So while it may not be the way that you want to generate revenue, but all you think of is about survival. Right. Yep. So I think, I mean, it's true. I mean, thinking about it, right? Uh, the other day I was just watching uh, Y Combinator's podcast talking about how much a founder should get paid. So he was saying this one thing that you, if a founder is being paid in a manner where he can just enough to make a living and save is not a good thing because then he'll be always worried about I mean, he got no time to think about a business. Yeah, so it should be slightly better. So I, I guess that's why, but it comes down to you, right? Your individual, how you get funds. Like for Weiming, you already had a previous business and you exited with some cash and that allows you to put it in. So then the question is, uh, how do you sustain the cash and uh, maybe do you uh, refinance and stuff like that like we talked about earlier, which yeah, we'll go into those stories another day, right? Uh, for me, myself, uh, because I was already, uh, I was already doing pretty well in the insurance industry previously. So I had a passive income coming in for, for a period. So that helped me to pay for my bills as I continue on this venture, hmm. right? Uh, and right now it's dwindling, definitely significantly. <laughs> but, 
but, but yeah. it's okay. It's compensated by the profit of the company, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, so as the company grows, and, and what about you yourself? Like, how did you manage that that stress of like not having an income and then joining here in this business? Okay, yeah. So that stress is very real for me, but I always knew that I cannot stay in employment for the rest of my life. I will not get to where I want in terms of my career development. So um, I have been saving up throughout and. Blessing, it is a blessing to me that you know my job is paying me well and all that. So I save up quite a lot. So when I came out uh, and then we started doing this together, um, initially it was eating a lot into my savings. But um, as the business grew and all that, I think it's very worth it now uh, when I think back. So hopefully going forward, we will do a lot better. Yeah, I'm mm. sure you all will. Oh, uh, really? Uh, coming from you, you, you all coming from an entrepreneur oh. who has four businesses. Now, I, now I, I feel a bit more confident. <laughs> I know. I think media business is a super tough business. It's uh, a very and, tough business. And if you can make, he came to out, me before. He said, "Oh, you know, I'm doing this, Mister Money TV, blah blah blah." And you know me as an investment banker. I'm like, I still cannot see the value in the business. Yeah. <laughs> But then I ended up now working with him, yeah. <laughs> sitting next to him every exactly, day. Exactly, right? Yeah, I, knew, I, I knew him since I was 14. Yeah. Uh, so that's so why I can yeah. say like 17 what we were doing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're doing those things together, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, I think one more. This is a very good one. Is MBA important in business or networking? During MBA, especially in overseas university, does it make a difference? Is it important? MBA? Hmm. You got MBA? No more. No MBA? Yeah. No more. I also no MBA. No MBA, no way. <laughs> no, <don't have. laughs> uh, so is it important? I, I think... I think networking in any... Uh, I think the biggest... Based on what I know, lah, right? I, back then, I was really thinking about going for MBA. Um... MBA, you should go for prestigious uh, university. Because mm. what, apart from knowledge, is about the network that you build there, right? Yeah. So if you go to tier one, MBA, Harvard, and all those things, the people that go in there. Yeah, that's right. It's different level already. That's right. Yeah. If you are just working in Malaysia as a company, but you somehow get into it, the network that it opens and tap into is totally different, right? Correct. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that MBA is the only avenue for you to network with oh, that of kind course. of level of people, right? Of course. Yeah. Sometimes playing badminton can also meet this kind of people as well. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. But so, of course, we want to say uh, going to badminton or or, or or social activity is sometimes by chance that mm -hmm. you meet that, right? So you need somewhere that if we are talking about the purpose of network with the intention to to do business. To do business yeah. or to meet someone that will be helpful in your career, then we have to go to some settings where there are aggregation of a lot of um, mm, all these entrepreneurs, right? Mm. So I think uh, to answer that question, conference, a business conference is a good place to yep. go, right? Yeah. Um, investment, uh, investment talks, mm. those who have congregation of high network people, you know, yeah. I think I think when we talk talk about networking, right? Um, I think it's very true. You know, if you wanna do MBA, right? You do in some lousy university. Uh, actually, you don't really get much good network. No. Yeah, and okay, I don't know about quality of education because I've never done an MBA before. Uh, but I think if you wanna network, 
you you should go for a very prestigious one. And but but it's usually very expensive. Yeah, there's even Harvard they have this executive few days course kind of thing. It's super costly. Yeah, usually yeah. A company pay for it, right? No, but I think the next thing is that when it comes to networking, because I I I was always in sales, man. So uh, being an insurance agent, I can't learn this one thing. Remember, I was just telling you the other day when we went for some events, right? Uh-huh. Today when we go for event, the kind of treatment I get mm. it is so different from last time when I was an insurance agent going for event. Mm. Yeah. Last time when I was insurance agent, I went for events. I, what do you do? Oh, I, I do insurance. People take three steps away, you know? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. I think that maybe you want to sell them something. Actually, I'm not very interested in selling anything. But since you asked me what to do, I tell. Yeah, but already a fellow scared. Today, when I go for events, people is like, can I stop you for a while? Uh? Let me introduce you to this person. Oh, can I stop you for a while? Let me introduce you to this person. It's a whole different treatment. So I, I came to learn one thing is that... um. When you go for networking events, right? If you are thinking about starting a business, it is best that you go with that. I already have some sort of a business going on. Mm. And when you tell people, it's like, whether is it like, oh, I've just started this business or something like that. People see more value in networking with you than if you just walk there and say, Hi, uh, I'm just here to network and get to know more people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like, exactly. Yeah. It's like, I'm also here for that. So I'm so sorry. I'm not interested because you don't provide me a value. Yeah. Yeah, because when it comes right. to a real networking situation, it's all about value. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what can you offer me? Yeah. Uh, that's why all the Dato Dato go for networking events. There's 10 any. Mm. Everyone knows mm. them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I think that could be a whole session by itself. <laughs> but yeah, it is a skill that is very important. But it doesn't need an MBA to do that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, it, it, never mind. You just need to be an extrovert. Oh. <laughs> That's true. See, you look at me while saying that. Yeah. You'll be surprised. Going for networking, man. He's better than me, actually. Change, total, total change. Yeah, different, yeah. different frequency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, how VC value startup? I think the one we will go into it uh, another time. Another time. I think that's a very long one. Uh, okay, let's give some shine to Speed Home. Someone is asking you, do I need to buy the insurance for second year if the tenant renew one more year of tenancy? Yep. Purely up to you. Purely up to you. Purely up to you. Uh, it's, 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 it's your choice to decide the risk that you want to take, right? If you think that you, are, you feel comfortable with the tenant, then... Uh, you can choose not to, but of course, uh, it's at risk. Like anytime, it's still a risk. So statistically, uh, second year of renewal, there are still a high probability of defaulting as well. Yeah, I, I would, I would renew the insurance if it's yeah. me. Yeah. Because of the extra fifteen thousand coverage right. on the furniture, yeah, that, it's worth, that itself is worth it already. Hey, the fellow spoil your kitchen cabinet, ah, uh, straight away fifteen k. You don't have to think. Yeah. <laughs> Straight away 15k. All right. Yeah. Because you must know the furniture fitting, they can't just remove one. If it's just the door, it's okay. If it's the frame, uh, they can't do anything. They have to tear down the whole thing. And the Sifu will likely tell you if I tear open the thing, your other furniture will spoil together. Everything will spoil together. So I can't just remove that part. Chances are you need to replace everything. That's that's usually the case. Yeah. So it's if you ask me, it's worth it. Yeah, in fact, I, I think they should be selling it even if I don't go through them. <laughs> Yeah, can I, can I, can sell me now. <laughs> we talk later, we talk later. Huh? <laughs> okay, so uh, I think just the last one. Okay. 
how do you relax when you face such stressful situation? Uh, I think this one three of us also can answer lah. Huh? Mm. Yeah, to end tonight. Uh, I think if you were to take a stress test of uh, probably three of us, I think it will be always at a high level <laughs> on a day, everyday basis. Uh, yeah, that explains the hair as well, right? Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I'm also, my hair is also dropping. Eh? Yeah, it's also Balding dropping. Huh? Yeah, it's also dropping a lot. Uh, I, I think it's also stress. So how, how do you guys take the stress off your mind? And Wayman, you want to go first? Yeah. Well, I think for me, I actually meditate. Oh, wow. Every day. I have to match oh. with the hairstyle, right? <laughs> for Zen, huh? Yeah. Uh, I think I meditate three to four times a week. Oh, wow. Wow. Uh, it helps la. Mm. Mm. the me time right I think people say you need me time for for yourself but a lot of time they have not say me time for the soul mm. so I I do that correct I think that's the keyword the me time so for me my me time is hitting the gym and you will be surprised that I'm the kind of person who goes to the gym. Some people go to the gym for the networking purpose or sometimes even to kaului, right? Mm. But for me, if you notice, if you bump to me into, uh, if you bump into me into the gym, most likely you will find me very quiet at one corner mm. and have a lot of weights around me because that's my me time and that's my zen time to sweat yep. it out, sweat all the stress out yep. and then get ready for the day's work. Yep. Yeah, so that's, that's, that's me. Yeah. I think for me, um, I, I think if you ever plan to do well in life generally, you need to learn to find a way to de-stress. Mm. Yeah, if you never have that solution, you will never go anywhere further. Because don't say entrepreneur, right? Mm. Even if you climb up the corporate ladder, your stress is not too far from us. Huh? Correct. Yeah, just that we need to worry about the money part more. You probably need to worry more about the relationship side, right? Like uh, I was, like I, I think one of the biggest challenges I was telling them today is to write corporate emails. <laughs> like how to write uh, how to write in this way in that way uh, so that it doesn't get you in trouble or like you know yeah a lot of politics to deal with and stuff like that right but for me it's like uh, I think that stress is even more crazy than managing money kind of stress uh, mm. but for me to learn to, to de-stress uh, sports yeah I do a lot of yeah. sports. Yeah, you do BJJ. Yeah, Jiu-Jitsu. Although I've not been, I only do like private sessions these days, but, but I think it's one of the best one for me. Um, it has to be sports. Yeah, and another one more thing. I actually uh, binge watch stuff. Mm. Yeah. I actually binge watch like dramas or whatnot when I'm really stressed. I would just sit there and watch for five hours. I cannot. The distract, distract yourself? Yeah, yeah. To just don't think about anything and hmm. go into a, or either read a book hmm. or either listen to something, but just take my mind of it and yeah. binge watch something. Hmm. Yeah. Sometimes I do that as well. <laughs> that's why it, that's why I got into that Korean drama and within three days I watched seven episodes oh, yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Ah, so the and in, indicator of, is when you watch a lot of movie finish a lot of movie I know you're stressed already uh, no la, partly because traffic jam also <laughs> No traffic jam, we got nothing to do, right? So we just turn on the drama and let it run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> because that's the only time we have, man, right? Yeah. yeah 
true, true, true. Yeah. All right. So that's all about it for tonight, right? Uh, truly, I enjoyed a great session. Uh, I think I learned a lot from Wei Ming tonight. Uh, definitely, we will actually get Wei Ming back for uh, more shows. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of uh, nuggets of wisdom they can share with us. Yeah, in terms of just uh, a little bit, just a little building bit, business, in terms of side hustle, in t in terms of a lot of stuff, right? Uh, we know management, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I think uh, is there any last things that maybe is there any last things that you want to say to kind of like conclude tonight's session before we pass it to Wei Ming to give his last advice for the night kind of thing? Yeah. So I think if you're thinking of starting a business to be an entrepreneur or even a side hustle, don't just think. You really have to try and do it. Start small. It doesn't need to be very big. Um, just prove the concept, right? Like, for example, if you want to start a nasi lemak store, if you can, so you challenge yourself. If you can sell 10 packets a day, that's a good start. Tomorrow, you sell 20 packets. Move on, 50, 100, 1,000, 1 million. That's how you grow a business. So don't just think, take the action. Yeah. Start somewhere. Yeah, I think I've, just now I gave my advice and he gave your advice. Everyone gave their advice. So I do some advertisement on Speed Home. You Speed Home if you have any rooms, <laughs> house to rent. Uh, it's zero. Him, <laughs> invoice or invoice. <laughs> no, I just kidding. Yeah, you, huh? yeah. I mean, if you, every, anyone wants to use, uh, uh, want to try out a new way of renting house, uh, try out Speed Home. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, I, I think I think really you should offer the insurance alone, even if because sometimes uh the speed like like in the sense like if I manage to rent it out first before through speed home right, mm -hmm. I also would love to have that insurance you know I don't mind paying extra for it. You, you get uh, me? Yeah, actually quite yeah. a few times. Yeah, but but I think maybe the volume not big enough. Mm. No no. Yeah. Anyway, then we talk later. Like, uh, <laughs> uh, so that's all about it for tonight. We hope you guys enjoy the show and learn a lot as well. Uh, that's all about it. We will see you guys next week. And if you enjoy tonight's show, do us a favor, send us some comments, uh, write into our IG or whatsoever. Tell us what you have learned because based on this response, then we will know whether it is something that uh, hits home for you guys. If it does, maybe we may consider doing more business related episodes as well. So see you guys. Thank you very much. Take care.